You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the On the Pony Express podcast. Part of the On 3 network. Check out all the SMU coverage you need at ontheponyexpress.com. Now, now. here's your host, Billy Embody. Billy Embody. One, two, three. Ready, we go. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast, a Monday edition for you guys as SMU does play in the AAC championship game on Saturday, 3 p.m. Central against Tulane on ABC in New Orleans. But first, we broke the news today that SMU head coach Rhett Lashley agreed to a multi-year extension with the school to remain on the hilltop as the program heads into the ACC next year. The Mustangs do now have their head coach locked up until 2029, I'm told. That was publicly reported. Uh, I can confirm that as well. Um, And look, uh, shortly before SMU was set to announce this, um, obviously put out our story, uh, and we'll kind of give you some of those details on how this all played out and why this is obviously important. Uh, SMU uh, is putting Rhett Lashley on par with some of his AA, or excuse me, ACC, Piers, I'm ready for this conference move, guys, after this weekend. Uh, ready to move on and, and be done trying to tiptoe around that. Um, on par with his ACC peers, uh, which pretty much puts him just a tad north of about $4 million, just in terms of the guys that are in the middle of the pack of the league. Um, but what I can tell you is, and I think contracts in college football are going to be really interesting to watch over the next couple of years, especially after what A&M did with, did with Jimbo Fisher, what Michigan State might end up having to do with Mel Tucker. Um, and these contracts are just out of hand. I'm not saying they're going to all of a sudden, you know, reduce in total numbers at the top of college football. I, I don't see that. What I do see happening is maybe you see a turn towards more incentive-based contracts in terms of putting them up to that massive number that we see in certain instances. Your Nick Saban, your Kirby Smart, even your Dabo Sweeney's, they're going to be at the top uh, of college football overall, no matter how their seasons seasons go. What I can tell you is Rhett Lashley has a chance to be among the highest paid coaches uh, in college football um, when it comes to his final compensation if things go very well uh, for the Mustangs on and off the field. And obviously, uh, you have guys that uh, get incentives for graduating players. You have guys that get incentives for uh, making bowls, uh, win percentage, uh, rankings uh, of total offense, total defense, uh, what bowls you go to, whether it's uh, you know New Year's Six, uh, if you play for a conference championship, if you win a conference championship, if you win your division, all of those things. Uh, are on the table if you win a national championship, of course, make the college football playoff. If SMU were to 
have all of those things happen, or even most of those things happen, he'd be paid, his total compensation would be well inside the top 20 uh, from what I've gathered uh, of compensation dished out uh, to coaches in terms of base salary. So then obviously if you win at that level, you would reassess and kind of make changes to the contract, which would include bumping his base even further. But that's an, another story for another day, of course, if that were to happen at SMU. The important thing, SMU got out in front of this um, and kudos to obviously Bill Armstrong, who's a guest of the show uh, on the uh, Walking Strong podcast as uh, we we do that once a week, and I'm sure this week's episode will be a lot of fun in that regard. Um, and Rick Hart and President Turner and all those guys, um, but they wanted to get out in front of this. I mean, we saw how this played out with Sonny Dykes a couple of years ago, um, and even then they were out ahead of it. And uh, so now you get into this situation where Brett Lashley is locked up. He's locked up uh, going into a week where SMU is taking on Tulane, where really, Willie Fritz is on – uh, watch for other coaching jobs. That's not an issue for Rhett Lashley. It's also not an issue for transfer portal recruiting, high school recruiting, all those things to get this done uh, right now. So uh, they've worked behind the scenes on this for a couple of weeks now. Uh, and so this was important for SMU to get across the finish line. And it also includes a bump in assistant coaching salary pool, which puts SMU really among the tops in the ACC. Uh, as far as coaching salary pools for the assistants that is separate from Rhett Lashley. So that's important. Recruiting and retaining really good coaches is the key to winning at SMU and many schools across the country. There are some schools that recruit to themselves, but you have to be able to recruit and retain really good coaches. And SMU, with the success they've had this year, they're going to have to do that this offseason heading into the ACC. So they now have the money contractually guaranteed to do that. And this goes back a couple of years to the Vision 2025 fund that SMU had started when they thought it would be around 2025 when they'd be going into a Power 5 conference. Obviously, they're going in in 2024 now, but that money is all in place for things like this um, in the interim. And as they go out into the future, as they've raised $100 million, they're raising more money, all those things that money is going to keep being uh, increased, if we're being honest. But um, the the current contract is now contractually, um, you know, obligates SMU to do that too, which is important. Uh, so this is a massive commitment to SMU. It's a massive commitment by Rhett Lashley and his family. Uh, this is a guy that wants to be at SMU. You know, I think he's someone who has watched other coaches move on uh, either from SMU or uh, in his coaching career, um, and you can have mixed results. And you've got to have, and he's talked about it before, alignment, commitment, all those things. And he has that at SMU. He has that in facilities. I mean, come fall 2024, SMU, from a football operations, from an indoor, they're going to have some of the best in the country. I mean, there really aren't going to be, you know, probably a handful that are really at another level, you're Oregon, you know, uh, Clemson. And maybe if SMU keeps winning in the ACC, we see something happen like that where it turns into something even bigger. Um, but that is years down the road and, and ways away. But SMU's facilities are among the top. They have a huge commitment on the NIL front um, and now pay their coaches uh, very much in the ACC range. Um, and if not, 
currently, now they soon will be. Um, so this is a big deal for SMU to get Rhett Lashley locked up. And what it'll help is it'll help in recruiting uh, and and um, it, it'll help in recruiting in the transfer portal. The window opens December 4th. Some guys, as their coaches are fired, are going into the portal right now. Some guys who have graduated from their schools are able to go into the portal right now and be talked to. Um, and so we will see the transfer portal wheels really start to turn here as changes are made across the country in the coaching carousel. So to make sure you are kept up to date with all the latest on SMU's transfer portal recruiting, as well as the finish of the high school class, be sure to subscribe to OnThePonyExpress.com. Just a dollar for your first month. Or if you sign up by Tuesday night, it's 50% off annual subscription. So jump on board uh, with us now uh, and don't miss out. You can also use uh, the YouTube code SMU1 to get two months for just a dollar. So um, be sure to check out all your options at OnThePonyExpress.com. You do need to use SMU1 for that dollar for two months code. So just housekeeping. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, out of the way. The transfer portal window will open. SMU has signed Rhett Lashley to that extension, which really helps when you're talking about recruiting players that uh, maybe you have multiple years who have been away as a freshman, redshirted elsewhere, maybe played uh, and are looking to get closer back to home or uh, just somebody that is wondering, hey, I've got to make a decision quick. Is my coach going to be there uh, if I take this visit and really like it? You know, I don't want to shut things down and then be left out if he is somebody that another school comes back around on and is able to poach. Nope. All that is settled. Obviously, SMU will have to weather the storm of assistance and things like that. That's every cycle. Even last year, you know, Craig Niver left. That led to Maurice Crum coming in. Scott Simon's moving back to safeties. And obviously, it's a change that has worked out uh, in a big way for SMU with the defense ranking among the nation's best. SMU is going to have to put together a new contract for Scott Simons that he can look over. And obviously, a lot of this staff, uh, whenever you rank among the best in college football, when it comes to both offense and defense, there are contracts that are going to have to be renegotiated, renewed, extended, and and uh, raises being given, especially when you're going to the ACC. So what's the market rate? That's why SMU was able to, uh, that was why it was important that SMU got that assistant salary pool together as well. This is a perfect just start to the week for SMU. Rhett Lashley is going to speak later today uh, by about one o'clock. Some of you might listen to this first. Uh, or or after, I guess, Rhett Lashley speaks at one for the first time for AAC Championship Week. We'll hear from Willie Fritz. Uh, later on in the podcast, Garland Gillen of Fox 8 in New Orleans joins us to talk about the Green Wave. He's one of uh, my guys out there in Louisiana. Uh, very few are as tied into, uh, obviously, what the Green Wave are doing, but just on the ground in New Orleans in general than Garland. So Garland will join us uh, later in the show. Um, but uh, closing the door now, on SMU's win over Navy, uh, one that SMU obviously took 
uh, in dramatic fashion, 59-14, uh, just with that incredible first half that they played. But obviously overshadowed by the news that um, in that in building that 42-7 to lead, Preston Stone went down with a leg injury and carted off. That's never a good sign to see. Um, it doesn't look good. It flat out doesn't look good. And so Kevin Jennings is the guy that we're expecting to, to see preparing for uh, the start at Tulane. Pretty similar to how SMU handled uh, when Preston Stone was in concussion protocol leading up to the North Texas game. It wouldn't shock me if, uh, and I expect, Kevin Jennings to get all the reps in practice this week. I mean, we are going to be out there Tuesday and Wednesday. I'm really interested to see how Rhett Lashley does handle that. Uh, who will, I'm sure, be asked on Monday about Preston Stone and and his status. We'll be on the Zoom call uh, to preview the AAC Championship. We'll be following that story, obviously. Um, but it's going to be pretty apparent uh, if Preston Stone is either not out there at practice or, you know, just it just doesn't look good. So uh, I'll be interested to see how SMU handles that. They are expected to have uh, Marcus Bryant, their left tackle back. He was in concussion protocol and was held out. I don't even know. He might have been able to go. I'm just speculating on that. But SMU really wanted to obviously get him healthy. He's been banged up throughout the year. Uh, Hyron White, the right tackle, we're still expecting to be out at this point. Um, he's had He's been in a sling, but we'll be out at practice, of course, on um, Tuesday and Wednesday. And maybe there's a change in that as he is, you know, maybe tries to get back out on the field to play his final uh, downs of college football. And then uh, Braden Flowers was the other one injured. He was a freshman, or he is a freshman that was injured uh, in the game against Navy. Uh, Jaden Jones uh, was another one who was injured. We'll, we'll be monitoring all the injuries. Um, and Jalen Knighton and LJ Johnson, the two running backs that did not play against Navy, both were rested up. They are fine from everything we hear, uh, which is good news for SMU. So they'll be fresh and ready to go against Tulane on Saturday. And Jordan Miller, uh, I saw him on Instagram celebrating in the locker room, dancing around. So he looked fine, uh, but he was nicked up early in the game as well. So that is kind of the rundown on injuries. We'll have much more from Rhett Lashley as he will dive into uh, things on the Zoom call. He speaks with us, the media, on Wednesday. I don't know when they're going to do their, his radio show this week or if they're going to do it. Uh, there's some scheduling things going on there. Uh, so stay tuned for that. This is a massive week for SMU. Uh, this is uh, what you play for, obviously, to get a chance to win a championship. You don't have any distractions of coaching searches going, ar going around your program this week. And um, I still think, and I, I've said this on the board and on the Pony Express, SMU can get this done. They have a defense. Defense travels. They've shown an ability to run the ball better lately. That travels on the road. And they have a team that's hungry, veteran-laden, all of those things. Um, I, I really feel like this is a program that has obviously been building for this. Tulane has been as good as you could have asked uh, if you're a program in the AAC the last two years. Um, they are the class of the league that SMU is looking to knock out. They have Michael Pratt, who's a very strong quarterback. They have Makai Hughes, who has come on uh, as a running back in place of Tajay Spears after he graduated and has been terrific. And they have a team that plays really hard defensively and can force turnovers. So if it is Kevin Jennings, he is going to have to take care of the football. The, the blueprint does not change. You know, Preston Stone for 
some of the imperfections in his game did not really turn the ball over and and especially in critical moments at just about any point of this season. And so him his ability to take care of the football has been the most important thing offensively, you know, not giving teams extra possessions especially when it matters. And Kevin will have to replicate that. That's going to be really important when it comes to putting together a game plan for him. So play good defense, find a way this weekend against Tulane. SMU can do that even if they start Kevin Jennings. There's a lot of confidence in him in that locker room, and he's been on enough big stages now where you feel good about uh, where things stand with him going into this game if he is indeed your starter. So with that, we're going to talk a lot more about Tulane later this week on our preview podcast, uh, but um, SMU did have some recruits on campus this weekend. We documented those. Uh, for you guys at OnThePonyExpress.com if you're a subscriber. Uh, So be sure to check that out. Um, And also, guys, we need you to check out our friends at GameTime. GameTime is the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. They're the reason why uh, we jumped on board with them. Uh, They're easy to work with when you get the app, the GameTime app. You can download it very easily, whether it's Apple, whether it's uh, Android. And you could find the best deals quickly in a stadium. And we're doing it on this podcast this week rather than the preview because this is a massive game. Uh, And just so you guys know, bringing my wife down to New Orleans to cover the game. And where did I get tickets? Game time. Uh, They have the easiest way to do this. And I've passed this along to multiple friends as well. They brought up, hey, how does this work with game time? Well, just use the code PONY, P-O-N-Y, for $20 off your first order if you haven't used the Game Time app. Terms do apply. Use that code PONY for $20 off your first order, and that gets you, obviously, a great deal. And guess what, guys? Tickets are slim, so that is why it's so important to use Game Time because they're the perfect last-minute ticketing app. In just two taps, you can select your tickets to SMU Tulane. So check them out at Game Time. You can log on to GameTime.co or download the Game Time app. Uh, they do have the Game Time guarantee, which allows you to get 110% of the difference if you find tickets in the same section and row uh, for less. That is something to watch there. That Game Time guarantee is key. Um, they also have the zone deals, which you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats. That average is of 18% savings. So download Game Time today. Use the code PONY for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. With that, guys, we're going to send it over to our interview with Garland Gillen uh, of Fox 8 New Orleans. Excited to have Garlic, uh, Garlic, Garland on the On the Pony Express podcast. So after this quick break, we'll have Garland on. Hope you guys enjoy this interview, and we'll catch you later this week with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome back to the On the Pony Express podcast. Billy Embody here, now joined by Fox 8 
Garland Gillen, he's on the ground in New Orleans, covers the two-lane green wave. And Garland, great to see you. Go back a few years now uh, covering LSU as well. It's great to have you on the podcast and shedding some light on Tulane. Let's, Let's start with this. SMU fans have seen Tulane go to the Cotton Bowl, beat USC. They have the second, the third most wins in the country over the last two seasons behind Georgia and Michigan, as you tweeted. This is a program that has been, you know, running the show in the AAC for the last two years. What's the rise been like to this moment for Tulane? Yeah, uh, nothing like it in their long history. Uh, I mean, there's been some really lean years that you can go back to the early 2000s with Chris Selfo with Bob Toledo. Um, embarrassing where there was like 5,000 fans in the Superdome for games. Uh, and, and man, if you go in the dome with 5,000 fans, it fe- it's like 50 degrees in there because with the, the air conditioning, you expect the fans in there to like have the temperature rise. Oh, no, no. I'm like wearing a parka covering two lane games in the dome back in the early 2000s. Now they're at Uleman Stadium. They got on campus stadium. It, it seats 25,000. For the Ole Miss game in week two, they had 30,000 fans, which means they had standing room only, which the Tulane students are back on campus now after Thanksgiving break. The the, the student section was about a fourth full uh, for the UTSA game. I expect that section to be rocking uh, come, come Saturday. Last year, they stormed the field after Tulane won the AAC championship. So I, I expect a, a, a packed house for this game. I mean, listen – the Saints are looking really rough right now, so people want to be around a winner, and Tulane is that team. I mean, with the Cotton Bowl last year, that put them on the map. And now, if you win this, you're you're going to, it looks like the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, playing possibly a Penn State, maybe an Alabama. I mean, this is crazy to be talking about Tulane playing programs like this of national prominence. But with this new system, with the New Year's Six, and you're the top group of five team, this is where you go. So it's been a wild ride. That two-lane game last year against USC was one for the record books. And I've covered a lot of crazy games. I covered LSU in 2019, and that was up there. Uh, Willie Fritz, let's start with him. What are the staples uh, for an outsider to look for from this Willie Fritz-led team? I mean, I've got a lot of respect for him and what he's done. I'm sure – I know everybody does nationally now that – He's put this all together, but people don't realize sometimes how hard it has been for him to to piece this all together. What are the staples of Tulane's team? Yeah, it, first off, it, it's really hard to get into the school. Okay, they don't give a lot of breaks to the students. Um, uh, you know, trying to get into the program there. I mean, it, really stringent academics. Now, I think they've lessened it a little for Willie, which they didn't really do for coaches in the past. I think they've gotten a little better, and they've let him go into the transfer portal and get some key players. A a big staple, I think, with Willie Fritz is New Orleans kids in the New Orleans surrounding area. A lot of kids have gone away to school to to Power 5 programs uh, and thought they were, you know, a little higher up than Tulane. Well, Willie is welcoming all those guys back. The shoddy Clayton Johnson, who went to Colorado, he comes back. Lawrence Keyes went to Notre Dame. He's from New Orleans, came back to New Orleans, uh, is is a receiver. Uh, It is... All these guys, Tyler Grubbs came from Louisiana Tech, played at Holy Cross, New Orleans. He also starts. So a lot of the guys that are on this team are from the New Orleans area. They're transfer portal guys. He's done a really good job in the transfer portal. Uh, but he also has a quarterback in Michael Pratt. 
uh, that not a lot of people wanted out of high school. He came out of Florida. He was lightly recruited, and he's exploded. Uh, he That's the key. I mean, you know this, Billy. If you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a team, okay? It's the same thing you saw in Baton Rouge. Imagine that LSU finished 9-3 and three. without Jaden Daniels. Um, they might have gone six and six. It, it all starts with the quarterback. And Michael Pratt, I think, is one of the best in the country. Uh, you know, they they have a really good running back in Makai Hughes, a freshman. But Michael Pratt makes it go because right now they're down two wide receivers and Lawrence Keys and Jaquan Jackson. They've been without them the last two weeks. But they've had Chris Brazel, who's six foot five. He had a one handy catch against UTSA that was unreal. Um, so they're trying to figure piece it together. Uh, no updates yet if those two guys are going to be ready to roll on Saturday. But Pratt's the big one uh, when you got him. But the transfer portal has been huge for Willie Fritz. And his big phrase, you'll you'll you know you'll see it if you you pay attention to Tulane this week. He always says "one and zero," like it's his go-to phrase. One and zero. You know they've had some really close calls against North Texas and other teams, but he's like, I don't care. We're one and zero for the week, so that, that's that's their big thing here. You know, Sean Payton used to say, "Do your job." Willie Fritz is one and zero. Yeah, both of these teams are kind of similar in that respect. That's how SMU's kind of been riding this this wave in the AAC to get here, just one and zero each week. That's what you got to do. And after you know Tajay Spears leaves, some of those other guys off last year's Tulane team left. You thought maybe there would be a step back. It might not look like they're as dominant as they were last year, but, I mean, Michael Pratt doing what he's done this year is so important. And I I look back to that Ole Miss game, and without him being able to compete at that high level, I said, okay, Willie Fritz looks like he's got another team on his hands. Break down Pratt's game this year and also Makai Hughes because when Tajay Spears left, I thought this was just going to be, all right, is Michael Pratt going to have to do all this by himself? Yeah, and you talk about that old Miss game, Billy. I, I thought that Tulane dominated on both lines of scrimmage, the defensive line and the offensive line in that game. Uh, I actually thought they did a better job on defense than to, LSU did later that 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 month because uh, I got to see Ole Miss twice in three weeks between LSU and Tulane. Uh, I thought Tulane was fighting on the defensive line. That was an extremely close contest, and that was with your backup quarterback in Kai Horton. Michael Pratt um, – you know, I know he's not Jaden Daniels, but he has a lot of those qualities where he can not only kill you with his arm, but he can uh, he can run, and he also has is reckless when he runs, just like Jaden Daniels. I mean, he takes some really nasty hits. Uh, he took a nasty hit against USA, which knocked him out of the Ole Miss game. I thought it was an unnecessary hit. The the take because uh, Tulane was up by uh, almost twenty points. Um, but he that's how he runs the ball. Uh, so he can he can hurt you both ways. And with Makai Hughes, um, very lightly recruited, had no power five offers, uh, and he came out of Birmingham, and now he's had over a thousand yards rushing in, in, in conference games only. If you just put those in there, uh, he's got over twelve hundred yards rushing, uh, got seven touchdowns. You're right. I, I thought there's a big void when Ty J left. That Arnold Barnes, who came from Booker T. Washington here in New Orleans, shoddy Clayton Johnson, who starred at Warren Easton, went to Colorado, came back. He was on the roster, and Iverson Celestine, who was out of Fountain Blue, which is on the North Shore of New Orleans. And so they had a crew in there, the four guys that you were intrigued to see who it was going to be. Makai Hughes didn't even play last season, his redshirt year. He was dealing with an injury. Uh, so this is a really strong statement. Makai Hughes is one of those guys, I mean, you know, there's going to be some, you know, I know the transfer portal opens next week. 
that that's one where if I'm a Tulane fan, I'm a little worried about because he has exploded on the scene in only one season. But if Willie stays, um, you know, I think that they can build this thing right back up again. They're going to have to get a quarterback in the transfer portal. It cannot go with Kai Horton uh, as your starting quarterback next year. I mean, he's good, but you want to see what the other options are out there. Okay, Kai Horton did deliver a win last year against Houston on the road on national television on a Friday night. So he does have the talent there, but you got to see what, what else is out there, especially if you're Tulane. You're a top 25 team. You have all these wins. So uh, I think that Tulane's now getting up in the pecking order. Let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. This group allowing, I believe, around 18 points a game. What is the, you know, kind of the mentality and the style of defense that is played at Tulane. We know they came out and they punched SMU in the mouth last year. It's a very different team this year, but they still have the that physicality that they bring every week. What stands out to you about that group and who are the key guys? Yeah, so Jarius Monroe plays safety. Uh, he was He's a transfer from Nichols. Lance Robinson, who went to De La Salle here in New Orleans, he's a transfer from Kansas State. I know I'm being repetitive here, but this is how they build their roster was a lot of transfers. Um, a lot of familiar names for, yeah. for both of us. <laughs> yeah, there's there's there are two ball hawking uh, guys in the secondary. Lance Robinson makes a ton of huge plays. Jarius Monroe made some big plays in the Cotton Bowl last season. And then at linebacker, Tyler Grubbs, who I mentioned before, at linebacker, he makes some nasty hits uh, at linebacker. And then Patrick Johnson, who uh, came out of uh, – uh, sorry, Patrick Jenkins, who came out of TCU, you know, uh, went to John Eric TCU back to New Orleans – he, he's a guy on the line that makes some big plays, made a big play in the Cotton Bowl last year, forced the safety uh, at the end of the game. Um, th- this is a really strong unit. Uh, and when the offense is not delivering, which have kind of made some of these games a little too interesting. I mean, you're up uh, UNT by three touchdowns. They, they tie the game back up. Then they finally get ahead. You know, ECU is a really close game. Uh, you know, even going to Rice is a close game. Uh, they're, I would say they're opter- opportunistic, which is obvious if you saw the stats from last week's game. They forced five turnovers against UTSA. Even though Tulane got outgained in that contest, key turnovers uh, were the difference in that contest there. So, uh, yeah, I would definitely uh, sway toward they're uh, really good at forcing turnovers and getting to the quarterback. And, and if you're going to throw the ball, you better watch out on the back end with, with Monroe and Robinson. Yeah, and – Going into this one, and I'm not sure if, if Tulane's met with media yet, but I think you know that's coming. They've got to have a lot of confidence with how not only this season, but the last season has gone, what they did to SME last year. What do you expect to be their approach? Is it as simple as 1-0, and or do you have to have a little extra something this week, uh, just kind of knowing that you are welcoming a team that can put up points, looks a little different than last year's group? Yeah, they don't they don't fall into that pitfall. Every week they always we always try to say, well, there's a big one. There's a big one. They're like one and L. One and oh. It it almost gets to the point of boredom. Michael Pratt says one and oh a ton also. I mean, I, you were at Ullman Stadium last year. I remember seeing a lot of former Saints players. I mean, sorry, Saints players that were at that game. They're really excited. I remember Thomas Morstead was in the house and some other guys uh in the past. And um I mean, the game was over with what in the first quarter. I, yeah. I was absolutely shocked uh, how how fast that game turned uh, last season. Um, it's going to be. I, I will say this: it, you've been to Yulman. 
you're, the, the fans are right on top of you. I mean, it's a I mean, it's a small stadium, but it's perfect for what Tulane does. So it, I think the, the, the crowd is going to be a factor. It's a big deal that this game is in New Orleans. Um, it was a big deal last year. They they won the AAC last season in a rocking environment. Um, I, I think that's going to be a big key. But no, I don't think they're going to fall into any of these, you know, big game mentality. I know they know a lot's on the line this week. I mean, if you don't win this game, you go from the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl to, man, one of those games that comes on like December 26th at like at noon on ESPN2. You know, I'm, I'm not going to put a name of a bowl and kind of degrade those bowls, but you're, you're going from, you're going, it's a major drop. And I mean, it definitely caught my eye. I know I hit, I hit you up on this. I mean, two lanes, uh, I think it's now a four point favorite. It's moving around there, but you know, with with Preston Stone situation, I was intrigued that the spread was this low, uh, considering that this is a home game for Tulane, and, and you know the the doubts at quarterback situation because right now Tulane's only dealing with some receiving issues uh, at injury, but Chris Brazel's kind of picked it up. Yeah, you mentioned one and zero. There is that buzz around Willie Fritz's future. How, how do you SMU dealt with this a couple of years ago when they were top twenty five and Sonny Dykes left? How do you put that aside? I mean, outside of just the, hey, this is one week we win, we're champions. You know, there's a lot of kind of set this scene for us around Tulane and kind of how they're handling all of that right now. Yeah, so the blueprint's already out there, Billy. So last year, um, the Atlanta Journal Constitution on Saturday night on Sunday morning, the week before the AAC title game, came out and said that Willie Fritz was the favorite to get the George Tech job. Oh, that's right. So. They had, they had the AAC Zoom on Sunday afternoon uh, before the game, and first three of the first three of the four questions were not about the AAC championship game. It was about Willie Fritz's future. I mean, you know, people were bad mouthing us for asking all those questions, but we didn't bring it to his doorstep. This came from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. It was a legitimate story. We had to keep asking. It was the first question out of the shoot was about his future. And to be very honest, Billy, if if Tulane was not in that game last year, I think that Willie was gone to Georgia Tech. Okay, Georgia Tech wanted to hire him right away, get in there. Willie oh, wanted to wait till after the championship game, and then it just got too much because they had a availability on Sunday. We asked Willie about it. They had another availability on Tuesday. We asked Willie about it on Tuesday, and by Wednesday, he was out of the running uh, for the Georgia Tech job. I think it was just too much stress on him. He wanted to focus on winning that game because he knew what was at stake for Tulane if they won that game that they would get into the Cotton Bowl. So we dealt with this last year. Willie's gonna um, Willie's gonna be meeting with the media on Monday. He's gonna be meeting with the, the media on Tuesday. I guarantee you, the Houston job is one that he has to have an interest in. Okay, he had really good success at Blinn Junior College. Uh, got to the FCS championship game twice at Sam Houston State. He recruits a ton of kids from the Texas area. This is a job that, that if you're a Tulane fan, you have to be worried that he's looking at because he came out a couple of weeks ago and said, listen, Courtney Gaucher is the guy I want to be hired as a new AD. Troy Dannon left. He's at University of Washington now, so they had an opening at AD. He said, this is my guy. Well, guess what? The, the, the committee did not hire his guy, okay? And there's been even people out there pointing out that, hey, if Nick Saban or Kirby Smart said, hey, uh, this is my guy as AD, you would probably hire the guy that Nick Saban or Kirby Smart <laughs> endorsed. Well, guess what? Tulane did not endorse 
uh, you know, to the guy that they he endorsed, they did not hire him. So now the uh, there's a new AD, and so you have to be worried because now I will say this: it was not a hundred percent guarantee that Willie was going to stay if they hired Courtney Gauthier as AD. You know, uh, sure. Willie's guy, but it really it, it it definitely you know didn't turn him away. So now that Willie, uh, you know, is, is up for this Houston job. Uh, you know, he's not come out yet and said, I'm not, you know, taking the job. You know, I want to stay here forever. So that that speculation's out there. He's making over $3 million a year right now at Tulane. Uh, I, Holgerson, I, I saw, maybe was making about $4.4 million around there. So it's a nice little bump in pay. Um, I will say this, though, Billy, come next year, uh, if you win, you know, the AAC and, you know, SMU is going to be gone. You know, they're going to another conference. Uh I think that if Tulane gets another good quarterback, they can get into the 12-team playoff next year with this roster and the guys, the way he recruits. So I don't know if, if you're guaranteed every single year at Houston to get into the, the 12. I think you have a better shot of getting into the playoff at Tulane than you would at Houston. But, you know, he's 63 years old. He's at the end of his line. I will say this, Bill, if he stays and they get, you know, they go to the Chick-fil-A Bowl this year, if they get into a playoff in the years to come, he, they're gonna. There's gonna be a statue of, yeah. of Willie Fritz in front of Ullman Stadium. Like he will be that big of a deal at Tulane. I mean, there's gonna be no statue at University of Houston for Willie Fritz. That's not. I mean, or or, or any other job. Okay, it's, he he'll he'll have an impact on his next job if he does leave. He stays at Tulane. Um, he will become a legend. He'll he'll be it'll be Willie Fritz and then everyone else. Okay, and you know that's something he's got to think about because I, I really think if he stays that he can build this thing into i mean he already is built it into a monster but he can build it into something that that people like 50 years from now will be talking about the willie fritz era is possibly in the greatest time in tooling football history yeah i in complete agreement if he if he stays if he keeps it going there i mean statue well deserved probably announce one with the extension i mean all those things uh would be well deserved for willie fritz awesome guy that SMU is going up against. All right, get you out of here on this. How do you think this game plays out? Let's say, assuming Preston Stone doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, uh, without Preston Stone, I, I know you told me that they have a strong defense, SMU does, and if they have to use their backup, it, there, there's not that much of a drop-off. Um, I, I just, 10-game winning streak, the game is at home. Tulane has all the momentum. Uh, Michael Pratt, I think, is doing really having a really strong season. He'll have a decision to make after the season. He's accepted the Senior Bowl invitation. Uh, he he participated in, in all the senior activities last week. So I think this is it for him either way. Either he's going to go pro. Um, last year, uh, Florida made a run at him, you know, in NIL and tried to get him to Florida, but he stayed at, at Tulane. Tulane has an NIL collective. It's it, it's getting up there. They gave Michael Pratt a lot of money to stay. I don't know if they can do that again if, if he decides to stay. But I, I think everything's in Tulane's favor uh, in this game. I, I can't pick against them because I just every week I think that, you know, they've had all these close calls and they've crushed all these teams. I mean, they were only favored by three or four last week against UTSA and smoke UTSA. So, um, you know, SMU is a very daunting team. Preston Stone, I mean, he, he's had a very strong season. I mean, absolutely smoked Navy the other day. Uh, I think that's going to be really – it's going to be something tough to, for SMU to, to deal with. But as you told me there, they they they, they definitely have a, a strong backup. So I, I would say the Wave, it's going to be a fantastic environment. 
Uh, it's crazy that it's going to be at three o'clock in the afternoon. They're going up against the SEC championship game. <laughs> so there will not be a lot of eyeballs on Tulane SMU. I mean, you'll be there. I'll be there. So we'll have focus. But I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to have a side screen next to my computer. I mean, Alabama, Georgia is happening at the same time. Uh, so I don't know what the national rating is going to be, but I have a lot of interest in this game on Saturday here in New Orleans. But the, the national uh, you know, eyes are going to be somewhere else in that game. Pull some strings for me. Have my seat right next to you. We'll be good to go then uh, to, to have the side eye going on uh, the SEC. Not the championship game in Louisiana that most were hoping to be uh, tuned in for, but a good one nonetheless uh, as SME will take on Tulane 3 o'clock, ABC on Saturday. Garland Gillen is one of the best. Don't roast him too bad for uh, picking the green green wave in the top end. <laughs> I, I, don't, I can't go against no, the wave can. here. It's just not. completely the win. And, and it, to be very honest, Billy, I, I still think if Michael Pratt was in that game in week two, I think they would be undefeated right now. They'd be on the doorstep of of making maybe making you know they'd be like six or seven in the country right now if, if Pratt played in that game. But hey, you know that that's in the past. Right now they're they're eleven and one with a ten game win streak. No question. Thanks a lot, Garland. I appreciate you uh, previewing the game with us here at On the Pony Express. You got it. Thanks for listening to the On the Pony Express podcast with Billy Embody. Follow us on your socials on X at SMU on 3 and on Instagram at On3SMU. And keep it locked to OnThePonyExpress.com for more coverage.